0: Hi everyone. I'm Mansa,
1: and I'm Porsche.
0: Welcome to "Assume It Will Be Brilliant,"
1: Wonderland Stand Podcast.
0: Okay, hi Porsche.
1: (laughs) Hey, (laughs) Mansa. How are you? I'm actually well today. Um. You know, I know I always talk about the weather, which must be boring for our listeners, but the weather is an actual thing and like phenomenon and of interest in Montreal, in a city like Montreal, because it it really is so extreme. Yeah. And it it is relevant to your day. So today's sunny, which is nice, but of course it feels like minus 16 outside, which is not nice. Uh, but you know, I'm, I'm doing my best, I'm, but I'm okay. Like today's actually a good day. I'll say that out loud. I had a great conversation with another friend last night and those always just fill me up with life, you know, a nice generative conversation. You know what I mean? About like yeah. things that are happening and lessons we are learning and how right. we are growing and what we see as the season of our life at this time. And that always alive, you know. Yeah, yeah. So that was good. So I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing well. See the the colonizer is always in my mind. You know, (laughs) everybody understood what I was saying, but I wanted to correct myself and use (laughs) real British English or whatever. Anyway, let me stop talking. You tell me
0: how. No, I'm also I'm doing well. I'm a little tired. I actually had two birthday celebrations yesterday. One was. For my mom, we celebrated a week mm-hmm. later, and then the other one was we went to her fortieth, and it was actually quite. I mean, I'm quite an introvert, so I think it's a bit a bit of the reason why I'm like exhausted today, but it was quite nice to be with people that. Oh, you know, celebrating this big milestone, you know, for someone, um, and yeah. and it was a, a bit about that, about you know, like you're talking about looking at the change of season in life, looking yeah. at where we're at, and it actually made me um, think a bit um, about this topic that we're going to talk about today. And actually, when we were driving with my mom to her lunch, her birthday lunch, and driving around an area that I used to drive because of something, and I just thought, wow, I you know, there's certain things in life that have I've gone through that I don't think about much, but yes. that have really been life changes or really momentous. And whether I thought it was momentous or or didn't at the time, that I look back at and I'm like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow and even just at like how am I here in my life so today I thought like let's chat a bit about those moments in life or those times or seasons in our life when we were maybe not rock bottom per se but just maybe we were like how are we even here and how and didn't know how on earth we were never, like, we were ever going to not be in that place.
1: Right. Um, and overwhelmed by yeah. the the prospect <laughs> that, yes. is the, that is the project of living a life.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, I don't know. I mean, one of those things for me, I remember, actually, I guess I can start back in varsity. Mm-hmm. And I remember right at the beginning of varsity because I never actually wanted to study law. My dream was to go to NYU and I was going to go to the this- the school of of music I was going to Tisch um, which was actually where Lady Gaga went and there was a specific program it was the Clive Davis School of Music and it was like my dream I used to in high school in grade 12 like look up this program or almost every night go into the internet oh. and think of what I was going to put in as a demo or like what essay I was going to write in and I was so excited to and my dad had duped me hey like he told me for years that whoever I wanted to study even if it was over I should go for it and then I told him this was my dream and he was like nah we ain't doing that
1: oh um, no no sir. <laughs> I yeah
0: yeah so that's how I then changed to law because I thought let me do this really like I am still passionate about I've, I've always been passionate about justice and I loved Boston Legal and I always <laughs> thought let me be Alan Sharp like yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I loved Um, history and so I was, I was, there there is a passion in me about that has to do with justice, human rights, mm -hmm. women's rights, all of those things. So I was like, okay, fine. Let me go do study law. So I went, but I remember in varsity right in the beginning, walking through a little bit depressed and feeling like I'm not like, this is not what I wanted. And I would walk from, Upper campus to middle campus, and it was just like I remember, like singing. I used to sing on the mm-hmm. way down, and I'd be listening to a doll or whatever, and just feeling like, how am I ever gonna then do what I want to do? Like,
1: yeah. oh. <laughs> oh my gosh, this really crushes my my dream. Like, <laughs> but I I get it. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And I think that maybe that was one of the first moments where it was like, wow, this is.
1: Like this is hard, you know, because when you make that choice to not even be on a road that could lead to what your heart like calls for, Mm -hmm. what you long for, like if you don't indulge your desires so to speak you know and not I know a lot of people and especially like we that you know there's things that are like you can't trust yourself like you're fickle or don't be like Mm. but there's a difference between impulsive potentially harmful to yourself and others desires and like what you feel in your heart is a calling to Mm. experience like something that you love just because you love it right and it's something that you want to do and nobody told you you weren't indoctrinated into it you just were like yeah. i love music where can i go study music you find this thing by yourself clearly in your home nobody was like have you heard about the Tisch school of music in new york you know you no, like, sort that out right? like, exactly you sort <laughs> yeah. it out by yourself and i think when you when you're not even on the path to that no matter mm. what you're doing it will always feel like you'll get it in your mind that this is what life is sort of just like- yes Settling for what you have, like going with whatever is in front of you, like, and you take away from yourself the choice and the pursuit of happiness. Yeah. And it's just not easy. It's not easy suffering. So there's less empathy in the world for that sort of thing. And also we live in a capitalist society that gives like very much limited material choices. Um, Yeah. But there's something awful to thinking like, oh, could I have, you know, like, Mm what if I had, because it, it, it's not like it wasn't available to you, like, yeah, actually really, really pursued it and, and seen what would have come of it. It's you, you were told no, and then you didn't.
0: And I, for real, had even researched, there's certain government programs that fund those sort of things. So I, was, mm-hmm. I even had researched to that level of get funding for it. And yeah. no, for real, I, I it was like, it was always this huge dream for me And I just then got to this place where I was like wow Like what on earth am I going to do it like, oh, it, was, it was yeah
1: I'm just giving you a hug <laughs> I am I am um, I mean I definitely relate to that I remember in grade 10 I mean so very dramatic things have happened in my life <laughs> I don't think I like Yeah the yeah. Common comment that we've spoken about on the podcast a little bit So yeah it's sometimes when I think thinking about like, did I or didn't I have a choice is very, very confusing to me sometimes. Right. Mm. Because in a way, like one could say, like, you could have just been like, no dad, this is my dream. I defy you, you know, like some sort of <laughs> amazing movie protagonist, but that's not what happened. Yeah. I always wonder yeah. about whether there is or isn't choice in that given how vulnerable we are at a time. Cause I think, mm. You look back at these things sometimes, and the only thing that I've managed to that helps me have compassion for myself is. I, I, you know the choices I made when I was younger is, is mm-hmm. especially those between like ten and twenty one. You know mm. to really consider how young that is. You know, yeah, sure, yeah. I'm, I think I'm so hard on myself with so called chances I missed or oh, when I didn't do this enough when I'm not considering the circumstances right and mm. the vulnerability and. Just how actually, what a high hurdle it would have been for yeah. me to to hold myself to the standard that I'm trying to hold myself to now. Yeah, um, and the lack of life experience completely right, and the and yeah. the fear being that much more visceral, especially when you're a teenager, right? Like, yeah. and that's what you are when you're finishing high school and planning on going to yes. and stuff like that. You everything is big, all your feelings are big. Everything feels mm. like a forever situation, you know? Mm, yeah. Um, so yeah, so when I was fifteen, which was around oh that was after grade 10 but I remember you know my family sort of started having political troubles back at home and my dad started who was to me a giant right and he was in in some sort of like real material ways but for me just as a daughter I was a hundred thousand percent in the Daddy's girl camp, you know what I mean and yes. He we were truly best friends and he was my champion for everything. I could bring to him anything. I didn't grow up in a culture like I was considered koiti I guess, and kind of annoyed because I asked mm-hmm. too many questions. I was too curious. But that had a home with my dad. I wasn't considered mm-hmm. too mouthy from him. Sometimes, to be fair, sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he, you know, he started to be vulnerable in these ways. Like mm-hmm. I could see he had been like demoted. I could see he was unhappy. And then I just took it upon myself that I had to do things that would give the that would allow the outsiders but specifically my parents like the perception that I had it together Mm. that I'm not a troublesome child that I'm gonna go places that I am responsible, you know? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And so then all my effervescence, all my charisma, like all I wanted more than anything, I remember this in grade 10, was to take speech and drama.
0: Right.
1: And I was so creative. I had so many ideas. I wanted to do plays. I wanted to learn dialogue. I wanted to emote for the sake of storytelling. And I was like, I can't, it's not, sure. I have to take science so that I have a better metric. Uh, whatever certificate appearance for yes. getting into universities. I have to be a serious person. You, you have know? to be
0: serious. Yeah. I
1: have to be that was what I have to be a serious person. And I can't be a burden. So those are the mm. things that I carried around, mm. like for the rest of high school and going into uni. And it's confusing because, it, like you said, I don't have a lack of interest. You know, yes, I, I yeah. actually yeah. find economics very interesting. I did do actually really love getting into the nitty gritty of the law. I have a deep reverence for the the aspiration and the the project that was, you know, establishing a framework of human rights. Right, and it, and yes. it, like because I specialize in international law and trying to have us get along as nations. All of it is is, is deeply philosophical yes, in a way yeah. that does interest me, you know, interest me. And I have an investment in that. But yeah. I wonder if coming to it from a place of ultra responsibility and so called seriousness. Yes. Which is not in my nature was the right mm. path for me. And the thing about taking a path that is actually not comfortable for you, that doesn't call mm-hmm. to you, that is like you're kind of forcing it, is it drains you of your energy to actually.
0: That's so true.
1: You know as generative as you could be doing the same thing, right? Like we know that justice yeah. work is done in music, right? We know yes. that this work is done in art. And truly, it might be the only yes. thing that authentically does justice work. You know? Yes. And it's like the <laughs> least corrupted, you know what I mean? Not in the like commercial industry of it, but in the like true human expression and creation of yeah. it. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I remember that. I remember being a young person who had a dream and was like, I can't. Yeah, it's funny. I actually hadn't
0: thought about this in a long time. I actually applied to do music at this university, okay. and I actually got an audition. Oh, wow. And I just didn't go. <gasps> <gasps> <laughs> I Actually, almost want to cry. Like, yeah, I'm so sorry. I I just didn't go because I thought it's not as if I can do it. Oh. You know. But yeah, I mean, that's that's actually one of the f- first things that I'm thinking about, and 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 it's so funny because when you talk about having like doing drama and it was it's so you You know,
1: like it
0: makes complete sense. Like you are creative, and and it is. It's like, and I think over time, I think what we've both come to do is like accept our choice and, you know, go with it. And I I definitely did. And even during articles, as much as I was like, this is not what I need to be doing. Eventually, when I started working in this area after finished finishing articles, I was like, okay, like I get this path and. it maybe wasn't like the worst decision. Maybe I didn't necessarily make a mistake. It was just a path that I chose. And I mean, one of the other things was I remember, you know, this. I, I guess we're talking about the path we've chosen. I think this is what it is today yeah. because I remember doing articles and hating it and not having a good time. And it, it was actually with me and one of my very close friends still today. And um, we just, we were just, we had different dreams to being lawyers, but we. Knew we had to finish articles, and she came to the decision of, "Are you going to continue? Because you got a choice at the end of articles, you could choose whether you wanted them to consider you to um, for retention to be an associate or not." And I had, you know, took t- t- taken a bit of a break the year, like in May, and I said, when the decision was needed, I came back and I said, "No, please don't consider me." Finished articles, and my plan really was. I was gonna somehow pursue music. I was gonna start writing music with some people that I, you know, knew and that was what I was gonna do. And I eventually and I had money saved, but I think my dad was just like, "Man, nah. <laughs> he had just started uh, a new company. And so he said like, I should go do legal there. So I did. I started doing that. But at some stage I, I was kind of working half the day and then eventually I was not working there at all. And I became an OP. op- wow. And I was driving, I was an au pair for my siblings, actually, funnily enough. And I was an au pair for another lady who I went to church with. And I was driving, picking up her kids from school, taking them to tennis lessons or music lessons or whatever it was. And I actually, when I think back on it, I was in a whole, I had a whole degree and I was a qualified attorney and I was an pay. <laughs>
1: and you'd it? article,
0: you'd worked as an attorney. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd, I've had the qualification. I could go and practice and I was not, and I have no, I don't know where, what I was thinking at the time, to be honest. I, I don't know. Like, <laughs> was, well,
1: I mean, I have a theory about this. But yeah. I think I'm kind of in your position as an au pair now, right? Because <laughs> I, even in spite of all my <laughs> immigrant dramas, you know, being mm-hmm. on the side of the world, having had to leave the continent, I was carving out a pretty clear path and, and sort of, I had the essential building blocks I had for a career in international law. Mm-hmm. And I And then the pandemic hit. So I'll just like skip a bunch of stuff and go back, (laughs) right? Like essentially my international law thing, everything's kind of short term, um, but every, I would get a good next step to something. And Mm. then I, and so I had like two internships, And then I had like a longer but paid uh, contracting gig. And then I got like a job job in in Halifax as a legal officer and human rights advocacy, which is was my stated goal in life. And I could Mm. see like, okay, this is going to take me far. But I got there and I was finally static in the sense of there I was, I had my own one bedroom apartment. Mm-hmm. I have employment, it doesn't pay me badly. I'm you know what I mean? I yeah. can handle my life and this is me now in my life, no longer having to survive. Yeah. I've kind of got this now. And but the job wasn't nice. You know what I mean? I wasn't yeah. enjoying myself. And my boss was difficult. And he said some things mm. that were racist and mm. that made it that made it hard for me to respect him. And I was really trying to be to do my job. But the truth of the matter was that I had spent just over a decade. Extremely kind of uh, anxious and mm. very high functioning, anxious person, right? I was achieving. Mm. I In that time, I accumulated four degrees. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I passed the New York State Bar, which is no small feat. When it was still so hard, they've switched to an mm. easier way of version of it. <laughs> I had been broke and lived in Europe, like working, you know, one and a half jobs and sleeping on couches. Like I had put in the sort of hustle and grind. And you know what's funny? I would not have told myself. Only now I can Mm. say I was really hustling and grinding and burning myself to the bone. Back then, I always thought I wasn't doing enough. You know, sure. I still think sometimes I'm not doing enough. And then, of course, in the background, I have the trauma of my family literally being hunted. You know what I mean? Yes. And then the hunt ending with my dad's murder. Right. Yeah. And in that same year that my dad was killed, I was in a terrible car accident. And my friend who was driving was para- was um, paralyzed. Yeah. Which is just something that I'm still not. I Because I, I have to process it on my own. You know what I mean? Like, I don't yeah. have... I don't know yet how to do, you know, grief properly. I mean, who does? We don't live in this society that really nurtures, (laughs) you know, processing hard feelings. You're supposed to put them away and just be a champion in life. But anyway, I digress. So by the time I was at this job by myself and supposedly with a handle on my life, I basically became extremely depressed. Mm. Like it, it all just landed in that moment because I couldn't reach out for anything that I absolutely needed to do with urgency to keep my head Mm. above water. Mm. Um, And the job didn't go well. I wasn't doing a great job. I can't even pretend about it. You know what I mean? Like, and we, it's, it was also just not an environment. I also learned a lot about the kind of working environment I need to be in and that I'm more of a collaborative person than I am an independent worker. Let's say I can do stuff by myself, but I needed to be connected to a larger project, not just a soldier for boss. And I had to leave. And I, when I was leaving, I tried to sell my furniture. I sold most things except my bedroom set. And somebody had responded to my ad and they were like, look, I need it to be shipped. So I'm going to pay you your price and send you more money so that you can pay the movers who are going to come. And I'm telling you now, something felt off the whole time. Long story short, he was a total scammer. He gave me <gasps> a bad check and I lost like two grand and I was moving into the basement of my family friend's house. And again, like that's even lucky that I had them. Like there's so many other things now when I look back, I'm like, wow, look at the angels looking out for me, you know, yeah, for people to come to the rescue. And what's crazy is I managed to sell the furniture as separate pieces. Like eventually, like somehow they were suddenly interest after that big loss. But I remember breaking down the furniture into pieces, forcing it to fit in these in this wonderful, loving couple's basement, and me just having my little suitcase in there and going into the bathroom in the dark and just crying on the floor. Yeah. After losing my money, because it really felt like, what is going on? You know, mm. and I hadn't yet gotten my next job, which I did, it was another contracting, but again, a step back, you know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) and like where I thought I was pursuing. And right after that, I got another opportunity to go back to The Hague. And I did for a temporary situation. And I did an exam to be maybe hired full time. And I didn't do well enough. Mm -hmm. Other people beat me out. And I remember panicking. And I was like, I used to be such a good test taker, what's going on and Mm -hmm. ending up coming back and Even now, when the pandemic hit, I left my contract job and took a job um, elsewhere. And it's, again, it's well below my qualifications. But I have been doing, over that time, I have found that I needed the last five years. I could not be, if I was in a high pressure job, I would never heal. Because there's that emergency escape hatch I have to always be surviving, to always be okay. So I honestly think when you're not doing what you're meant to do, Or when you've lived in survival mode, uh, your your life force is just like, I need to slow you down. I need to get you to rest somehow. You literally could not carry on in that job at your dad's place and even though you don't feel like you decided and part of you probably feels like you failed down into something else yeah you need to recover like i'm like oh yeah of course this makes sense to me now like what you know it's a spiritual thing for me as well i really feel like god is like settle down sis you know you are not mm. full. like your cap you're right ru- you're running on empty you know <laughs>
0: No, that's like not, yeah. such a good point. Yeah, because I remember when I did when I was doing articles, there was a time I actually was in a depression for about a year, mm-hmm. and I, funnily enough, I was, I was seeing a, my psychologist at the time, and whew, thank goodness, um, I actually was seeing a psychologist at the time to process a lot of things and, but I had gone through so many things. I mean, you know, during articles, personal and everything. And I think, you know, the working at my dad's um, company was not really super high stress until the end, but I did actually need I think especially after that end I needed the I needed what you're talking about that space and that time to heal but interestingly I got into that wasn't even my rock bottom i there was a time after that where I had actually I'd loaned a family member money to purchase a car I didn't loan them money I allowed them to purchase a car in my name and <laughs> It's so funny. Years later, I saw in the Bible it literally says, don't ever do that. Yeah. Have you ever?
1: <laughs> I mean, I, that's why I'm afraid after watching Tinder Swindler. The literal Bible, it says, don't do that. Does, but I that. did it. Don't let them um, buy a car and your name.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, for real. And not car, but like don't let people do the basically it's in it's in Proverbs. And if yes. you read it in the Passion Translation, yes. it, it literally says, Don't do what I did. And I did it. And I remember at the time I was paying for at the time they were able to afford the payments. Um, but everything's going in my name, so they put money into my account. And but eventually they were not. And my car that I was driving was in their name. Wow. Because they would bought it for for me, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah.
0: So when they stopped being able to make payments on the car that they were driving that was in my name, I was filling in the gap. What I didn't know was that they were not filling in the gap. They were no longer making payments for the car I was driving. And one day I came back from a holiday in December and imagine I'm paying for a car, a really expensive car. It was... Really expensive car, mm-hmm. and I get home, and I had just arrived. We'd like driven back from you know from the from Durban, and I went to bed, woke up. I was not even wearing, you know, like all my clothes were dirty. So I was like yeah. wearing like mix match pajamas, holy bitch pajamas, pajamas, whatever. And I get this bang on my door, and I'm like, what on earth? Who's banging like the police? What? And I get to the door, and it's the sheriff, and mm-hmm. he's come to. To repossess my car
1: oh my god yep I remember this
0: and I had no idea how bad things had gotten for the family member like I had no idea that it was to point me they didn't they were not telling me any of this and had I known of course I would have been making the payments for whatever both cars or whatever and they took the car and I was now without a car and I was now without a job for other reasons and I had to make a decision to leave my like cancel my my um lease and move into i had to basically move into um a friend's garden cottage that's literally i actually can't believe it.
1: okay yeah It was really rock
0: bottom, huh? (laughs) It was rock bottom. And I remember telling my landlord, it it was like the the realtor, the realtor, look, I have to cancel the lease. I'm giving you notice. Please, can you start looking for someone else? And the the guy that I was dealing with, he just was poor at the job. So he didn't communicate properly with his boss, who I had always been dealing with. And she was fantastic. Shout out to Natasha. (laughs) She was fantastic, but I dealt with this guy, Ryan, and he was awful. And it finally got to Natasha, but by the time she got to her, she didn't have enough time. So I remember moving, I was getting my stuff moved on this day. And I remember standing outside, phoning Ryan because now Natasha was like, she didn't know and she didn't have enough notice, even though I'd given enough notice. And I basically have to pay for another month. And I phoned this Ryan and I remember I was standing outside the complex and I was like looking into the streets, cars were moving past. And I remember Greg was like, um, by me. And I was, I was shouting on the phone and it was like, you know, he'd just gotten me at the wrong time in my life. Yeah. It was like, I can't let this, it was about six and a half grand. I can't let the six and a half grand go,
1: you know?
0: Oh, and my God. I had to And there was a long period in my life Where I just didn't have a proper job I was working oh God, It
1: was, yeah
0: Doing like a bit of work Like doing work But not earning a salary so to speak It was more like stipend-y amount yeah. And I didn't have a car And I was living in this granny flat Not paying rent like, And I just never I didn't know where my life was going
1: And it's so hard in those moments When you're like What is going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh man yeah I mean and that's why they um I don't know who they is but I hear quite a lot of people say if you're gonna laugh about this in in five years you may as well like laugh about it now I think yeah. I- Say that, or think about like five years from now. Does this matter in order to sort of choose a response to a situation? Mm -hmm. No, because if you're really in that moment, standing outside, your car's gone, your job's gone, you're in someone else's, (laughs) (laughs) and you decide to respond to your life from that place. (laughs) Oh man, yeah, those moments are quite something. It was wow, was like wow. (laughs)
0: <laughs> when you just I, and I look back on it now and I think it really was a rock bottom moment and and I've learned so much since then and I I can't say I'm I mean I'm not I'm not ungrateful for that time I mean would I have preferred not to have to go through it absolutely sure. but but I I'm you know I did I grew yeah even as rock bottom as it was I was never I never went without a meal I never so I mean, truly, my, my, my angels were there like I I yeah. I was never without necessarily like and I, I eventually moved back home with my mom and that was also a blessing in itself in and of itself yeah. you know and I, I just look back at even just looking at the time since then I'm you know I've got a job I eventually like I'm I bought my own car and looking to buy another car a new like a sell this one and buy a new one yeah. and It's like I'm in a completely different place to where I was, like completely different. And I just, wow. I'm
1: Gratitude, man. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's the only thing you can have. Uh, My next question was going to be, do you remember what the first thing was after rock bottom that gave you hope again, alerted you to the miracle that is whatever is, is out there that is not in our 3D dimension that looks out for us? To
0: be honest, I honestly felt um, the place that I was given to live in for me was my lifeline because it was not too far from where I had lived lived, and it was still going to be close to where I was now going to, you know, be working a bit. It was actually my pastor's uh were well, ministers uh, granny flats i'm friends with her daughter okay. um and just like they're just they're a fantastic family and they let me stay there and i was actually doing work for the church at the time but it wasn't like lucrative work it wasn't like right. i was doing this big you know whatever but it was for me that was my real I, again i knew not not where my life was gonna go but i felt like thank goodness for this I'm not having to pay, to pay rent. I don't have to worry about that. And whatever money that I'm earning right now, I can buy food. I can save a little bit. I mean, I, I don't, I'm not really a big spender of money in any event. Um, but it was like I can start over. I don't know how, but I can figure it out because I don't actually have to worry about where I'm going to rest my head. So I think that, I think that. um, yeah. and for you, I mean, you then were crying in the bathroom. Like what was it oh my staying God. at your <laughs> family friends?
1: I, you know, what's funny is I, <laughs> so that family friend, it's funny because they have always, man, I need to email them, make sure they're doing okay. <laughs> um because that family specifically is also connected so they're this like Caucasian Canadian family right <laughs> that doesn't yeah. count me <laughs> for any reason other than they're good people and they were um the, the the husband in particular was friends with my dad and it's funny that I was crying in his basement in Canada in like Nova Scotia years later when before that, like his other connection to me is and this time was really a rock bottom where I could see no way, you know, like mm-hmm. zero way out. So when I was just when I had finished, uh, we graduated together, actually, when we would finished law school. You remember I went to Argentina. Yeah. Yes. So while I was in Argentina, the uh, government that we that my dad <laughs> and the family had to run from canceled um, my passport. All our passports. All our passports. And um, thankfully it wasn't my country of birth. So I could go back to my country of birth to apply for a passport. And at this time, I had gotten into McGill Law School in Montreal. Yes. So excited because I didn't think I would get in. My matric results were not what I wanted them to be. But you know how when you apply for grad school, you do it before because I knew I wanted to do a math. I had applied and all I needed was was like my results to put in the portal of application and be done. And Mm -hmm. I remember hitting send just because I had already done most of the legwork, but I had no actual hope. Yes. <laughs> I and I remember the email came when I was in a random Spanish class next to a very annoying American person, like a nice person, but I hate how <laughs> they don't try to sound Spanish. They just make yeah. it american accented and it was killing my soul but i got this email and i oh i i still remember how joyful i felt in that moment because i was like mm. oh my god i have a future because i didn't even know what i was gonna do you know yeah i didn't get in so thankfully even though it got canceled i was able to leave the country and get into south africa which i guess hadn't got the memo that my thing was invalid. valid communed mm-hmm. with my padre, with my dad and people. And they were like, yeah, just go there and ask for your passport. Uh, Cause you, you're a citizen by birth. You should be fine. But now, I get there and then so when I walk in, because it's in East Africa, they know that my passport's canceled. So they have to confiscate it for me, but they can't God. not let me in the country because I'm from there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I yes. belong there but I'm, I'm not a criminal. But so I get in, I do all the right processes. You know, I have my aunts uh, help me, like a couple of people who I know, because my dad knows, was a civil servant. And so we know people who can help us. So I do all the appropriate procedures. I get a passport. I get it expedited and I get my South African visa and I'm heading out to leave and I get detained at the airport because right. the government that canceled my passport was basically saying that I'm a criminal. None of this has to do with me. It all has to do with my dad, right? But it's about yeah. people playing political games with each other. We've all watched um, all the shows of, yes. Yes. <laughs> of how this works <laughs> and how they have to get to people. So this is my personal movie, okay? What is that yeah. thing that Kevin Spacey was in? What was it called?
0: Kevin Spacey?
1: Yeah, what was that show? Wasn't
0: it Jim Carrey? No, man. And um, the Truman Show?
1: No? It's not the Truman Show. I'm talking about political oh, are um, you talking about the president one? Yeah, yeah. The way he plays Frank Underwood. What's the name of the show?
0: Oh, I yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: Um. I'm at Netflix. Netflix's show is called...
1: (laughs) Anyway, we've all seen Scandal in them. Actually, this is Shondaland. I should only be referring to Scandal. Yes. Yes. They Blackmail all the family members to get what they want. So I get taken to this room and then the whiz, because like they take me to the immigration office and the head of immigration who had given the order to stop this person because they'd been told, he looks at me like, why is there a child in my... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, why is this student like this is not a mastermind criminal you know what's going on and then the chief of police who who's the one who calls in like, tips of whatever um who it later turns out was in the pocket of like the bad anyway whatever these are all details mm-hmm. that are unnecessary and he looks at me this is like one of the funniest things that ever happened to my life and why also one of my favorite or genres in the world is like tragic comedies mm-hmm. You can't write these moments in. So I'm sleeping. I've been at the airport for eight hours. My uncle has come to try and help me. We're going to try and see if we can beg the right political animal to assist me. And we get into the office with the chief of police. And I kid you not, this man looks me in the face and he says, I hear that you abuse the president on Facebook, which blew my mind (laughs) i had been like in tears and i was trying to keep it together and i literally let out a laugh because i couldn't believe it i couldn't believe that an entire upper person in the government was talking to me a 21 year old a 22 year old at the time with like zero power in the world about facebook Like they know my dad has been in trouble and arrested did i have choice words and they weren't even really choice. To say like, I don't like dictatorship. I don't even know what it was was yeah, referring yeah. to, but I could not believe that he was, we're restricting your freedom of movement. Because this is of, your crime. This <laughs> is your crime, is that you wrote words on Facebook. Because I was like, but who am I? <laughs> you know? And what is that? What? Like, what are we talking about? So I laughed and I was like, "Are you serious?" You know. And he was like, "Yeah, you know, there are certain consequences to things." And then I like glazed over and I went away because I realized this would be a diplomatic incident. We'd have to work out. Long story short, I was stuck there for three months with zero idea about what was going. I remember. Happen. And yeah. my family members were like, you know what, we don't know what degree of protection you need or what's going on like you shouldn't stay with us like go stay somewhere else so a family member like these, um, this Indian family that we used to be friends with while I was growing up took me in like because their kids are grown and out of the house so they had the spare room and shame every day my uncle he passed away now rest in peace he would come in and like give me a giant bag of chocolates and things give me a bunch of internet <coughs> like really try to help me. like my my other cousin um he did remember when he used to burn cds of series so obviously like oh, yes don't get like the latest whenever and so this is how i got into the show sons of anarchy which is so random he like gave me all the series DVDs he had so I could watch on my album. I mean on my laptop. But so this guy whose bathroom I was crying on the floor with, right, happened to be, was also friends with my dad from a while ago. And this is why I can never be somebody who the, the kindness that strangers have shown me overwhelms me with gratitude. When somebody helps you and they don't need to, they don't even really know you. And The way I finally got out of that position was a random older woman who I also have to check on, um, who used to be a professor at McGill and had happened to work in the country, read in the newspaper about this thing, and contacted um, her friend who happened to be the ambassador of that country to South Africa, because in the article it mentioned I had gone to school in South Africa, and Uh he... he uh, and saying like, what's this going on? Like, do you know about this? And he also happened to be friends with my dad. So my dad's like, oh. you're just starting to be guilty. Do you know who this like professor lady is? And I was like, I have no idea who she is. And he's like, well, you know, I'm going to be in contact with her because she's asking. So they talk and they become friendly. And she contacts the president's office because that's where she had done her research just for fun. And she's like, why are you keeping students out of my (gasps) school? Like she's very casual. Like, let me tell you, this woman is the quirkiest woman you'll ever meet. I genuinely, (laughs) that she was an emissary of like the Lord's angel just to help me. Zero connection to me or my fight, my dad or his fight. And she just got herself involved. And Mm -hmm. that phone call marshaled things on to move faster and for people to be like, this is just a student. We shouldn't be putting her through this. This isn't about this. And so they were like, okay, here's your passport. But then came the issue of the visa. Now, student visas to Canada take about three months to process. Wow. So I didn't have a passport to give them. But the guy whose bathroom floor, I was crying (laughs) a couple of years later, happened. And also the the place to send your application is in in Nairobi only, right?
0: Right. uh,
1: Because they have like a centralized place. And so I had to DHL my passport. And the head of consular services at the time happened to have been trained by the guy whose bathroom floor I was crying (gasps) on. so they were able to expedite this process that usually takes about three months to two weeks oh my word so I was and, and by the way the I was waiting the whole time and school started McGill started and I was emailing them saying hey I'm working on this I'll be there I received an email saying hey this is the point at which we generally advise that you no longer pursue coming we can defer because um, you've, you're going to have missed too much by the time you arrive. And mm-hmm. I called my dad and I was just crying the whole time. Like I didn't even get a word out. Because I was like, what am I going to do? It doesn't even matter. When's this going to happen? And the, the very the next morning I woke up and um, Nairobi said, you know, we've DHL'd your stuff back. Like I have my student permit. And so I could oh. email, let me go back and say, I will be there on Monday or Tuesday. I don't even know what day it was. I grabbed my passport, went straight to the travel agency, gave them all the money that we could fundraise. And then I ended up here in my life. You know, Montreal has been a saving grace. Yeah. This is where I've come back to every time. The whole, yeah. of- but that was rock bottom. Let me tell you, that phone call where you couldn't <sighs> speak and it was just tears, and you were not sure. I was like, "What am I going to do? Trapped in this country as a political refugee, even though I was born here because of your drama, Papa? You know, like, what is- sure. <laughs> like I don't know where to go." You know? and then he's feeling terrible because that's a parent to me. That's like very miraculous. Sure, and so even when I was crying on that floor, on on his bathroom years later, on the floor. In that same job that had felt like just pulling teeth for me, I had mm-hmm. supervised three interns, one of mm-hmm. whom we had become close. And she had sent me the job posting for the job I was able to get here. It was a small contracting job, but I needed to come back to a place I felt safe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd made friends with her friends. And they were like, oh, yeah, we just moved into a par- an apartment. We have a huge sleeper couch. You can stay with us however long you need. I do not know these men. They just let me stay <laughs> You know, but I mean, we became friendly, obviously, you know But again, they just popped into my life Like I didn't ask <laughs> So, you
0: know, wow.
1: always a tomorrow Oh, that was a long story I'm going to have to do so much editing Sorry to-
0: <laughs> No, please don't I think, like, you know, that is... I mean, at the end of the day, like, it's true. There is always tomorrow and we get to, like, start again. And even in those... I don't know if you think you're going to get I don't know that I thought that I was going to be here ever and even where I am now I'm like and I guess it's a reminder to me actually talking about stuff is that I'm here now when I think about where I want to be in a couple of years and what I want to be doing what work I want to be doing and there is that sense in which I'm like how on earth will I ever get there especially because it's not even I guess for me it wouldn't be I want to be able to do stuff, stuff that isn't necessarily law related that is a lot more creative and we've spoken about about that and it's like how do we pivot and how do we all of that but we've been through worse where we never thought we'd get here and here is pretty good it's not horrible where we are and so there is always tomorrow and I'm just so grateful for the path and for the journey and for being for my better angels
1: (laughs) yeah yeah grace um
0: the whole the whole you know Mm. wow wow what a what a what a journey Porsche
1: (laughs) I know it's such a journey it's such a journey and you know it's funny I'll tell you about one more experience I had that I think would good to end on and this one is is one where I was in my gratitude, where what, one where I was in my moment, like now, and I was sitting down to do stretch. So I've had I had this pain in my back. Um, turns out that one of my feet, my legs is actually shorter than the other. Blah blah blah. You know, when oh, yes, yes, you get yes, to yeah. your thirties, your body slowly starts to tell you it's <laughs> <laughs> time is <laughs> it ticking. But it is. <laughs> 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 so I'm going to sit down on my yoga mat to to do these stretches that the physiotherapist gave me to um, remove the pain. And I remember I had just been reading something about inner child healing, about going back, like remembering yourself at certain ages, which is what we're doing now. Right. And Mm. like, giving yourself what you needed fully so that you're not responding as if you're still from that place the person who was teaching about it was talking about how she goes through her life and she can recognize which inner child is in charge of her at the moment at what age so mm. how when she's throwing kind of tantrums being really impatient wanting things now just kind of edgy she's like that's my six-year-old I know her very well <laughs> um, and when she's in a lot of comparison and shame of what she looks like all the stuff she knows it's her adolescent self right Mm -hmm. which is where all that sort of began and that those stories sunk their teeth into her and blah 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 so i'm i've just read that information and i go to my to to go to my stretches and so i'm thinking about it i'm like okay what you know what is my adolescent self like what would she think of me right now and I was looking at myself and I was like, she would not believe it. Mm. And I was thinking about how I used to look at young adults on TV, whatever, in those shows and be like, mm. wow, that's so cool. Like, <laughs> Having your own car or going to yoga class or whatever. You know what I mean? It's yeah. <laughs> like being around, being in your own apartment. Remember how those feelings were yeah. like? Overwhelm you and that thought. And I was stretching and I was just closing my eyes and I was trying to talk to, to her basically, you know, and be like, Yeah, you know, it's a, it's this is you now, you know, yeah, you live in Montreal, Quebec. Yeah. <laughs> <I don't know>. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have it? And yeah, you need to stretch because this is what you do now. You know, this is one of the ways you take care of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> this is so mundane but so I was thinking about that and closing my eyes and then I said I went back I went all the way back to when I was like a little baby and I was looking at myself sitting in in my little high chair because you know there's these photos and I have some vague memories and I suddenly just started what like talking to myself being like and just seeing the innocence of a baby me and being like oh my god you're gonna go through so much you don't even know (laughs) and oh it's crazy like you know (laughs) yeah. You're so tiny, like, you're perfect. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's nothing wrong with you, and so much is going to happen, and you're going to forget that you came, you're not like there's nothing wrong with you, but you figure stuff mm. out in some of the coolest ways, and you have all these. Like, oh my God, you're friends. I want to tell you about all your friends. Oh, <laughs> and then I started to see myself growing up a little bit in all these different places. And around age uh, seven or eight, it switched from me thinking about like, communicating with my younger self to just witnessing myself and loving myself myself. myself in those moments so Mm. even when I would flash upon a hard part and these things that seem silly like I had an incident once where two of my friends in primary school I think I was about uh, how old was I I would have been in like grade three or four came up Mm -hmm. to me and they said hey Porsche we don't want to be friends with you anymore (gasps) you are becoming a bad girl and (gasps) even teacher Elizabeth thinks so thinks so (gasps) And that crushed me because I was loved. Oh. I was a teacher's pet. And so, you know what I mean? And oh. it was so sad. And I was just looking at myself and I was just like, I love you right there, Porsche. Okay. Even there, I love you. And in all these like little moments that like these memories that were coming back to me, especially when I was having fun, I'd be like, you're the coolest. I love you. You know, (laughs) Mm. when I was in like a really hard place, like when I was crying the night my dad had to flee and it was really Mm. scary for me, you know, and I didn't know how to manage it. Like from this place, I really like was witnessing myself in that position and having the memory without trying to run away from it and just saying, even right there in that moment where you feel like you like life is trash and you're trash and nothing works. Like I love you deeply. I love Mm. you right there in every moment of your life because you're always doing your best. Mm. And so, yeah, now I try to just bring that to now. I have no idea. Like, you know, I'm in a situation right now in my life where I'm like, geez louise yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> but, you know, yeah they will be five years from now like you're saying there will be a time from now and i'm like wow you know like that yeah was, that was then you know
0: yeah and i actually i also have just i think i had a story i was going to share but then i've literally just forgotten what it was but the the one that's actually just very silly is <laughs> i remember and this is just about like i guess also not knowing exactly how things are going to unfold but it's actually a very silly one but it's very fun and just to end off with i remember when remember you had just yeah you were living in canada in montreal the first time and i was like i'm gonna visit you porsche because oh of God. um <laughs> what's the festival called Uh um, okay, yeah Osiega was happening and they had the coolest liner, the coolest, oh God, coolest liner. So cool we were like we have to we have to do it I said to my dad I'm going I want to go to this festival he's like oh yeah let me organize your tickets and he (laughs) got this like this contact who was in Canada but this guy was not saying anything remember and we were like okay but like I've bought my tickets and everything like I'm coming and we have to go to this festival like we we have to go so um we bought I decided like let's just buy general tickets but they were all sold out so we had to buy didn't you buy from like
1: yeah somebody on some site on the internet and i had to buy different tickets for each day for each day, day we had
0: to have like different day passes yeah
1: so we ended up with eight tickets no we had, we had six tickets in the end because we got day passes for each day Yes. yeah, yeah.
0: And at the very last minute, like yeah. I'm about to basically board, essentially.
1: <laughs> oh my god! I remember this.
0: Then we we get-, <laughs> we get confirmation of the tickets. This this my my dad's contact has actually arranged. Yeah, and they were VIP. <laughs>
1: And this is why I can't attend festivals anymore because I've had the VIP experience and I just can't live my life differently now. <laughs> they were VIP weekend passes, boss. Like, they were incredible. <laughs> and... We now had to like sell all these day passes. I'll never forget. We're like, how did we go from zero tickets to eight tickets in under 72 hours? And now we have to sell these. And neither of us really has like our laptop. We're borrowing situations. We're like going online. We're meeting people at random places. We're trying to have lunch. It was so messy, but I would I mean just it was, it was experience. Would not have just anybody else.
0: It was the best. And it was like this real, like complete por- nonsense push away of getting to where we were it yeah. was like actually the most roundabout chaotic and then had the most incredible time at the best music festival ever and I just I think we're both we both might take you know a bit of that sort but of you know, journey
1: exactly but here's the thing and then we have the story and then yeah. we know the difference yeah, I'm slowly only now starting to accept that everybody is a work in progress. You're a work yeah. in progress. I'm a work in progress. And our experiences do not define us. They cannot. Only we can they cannot. We decide who we are for ourselves. Only we can define ourselves. But you need experiences to learn anything. Anything meaningful. Yeah. Anyway. Anything that you can actually carry that helps you hold your center. I've been through this. Therefore, I actually know this, you know?
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah,
1: yeah. I don't know that there's a yeah. I always want to conclude because that's the paradigm. But the story continues, you know. The
0: story continues. The journey continues, and I, I'm really thankful for. I guess like where we both have come and where we are, and I'm just, it just for me is like you know what we're gonna get to that vip experience (laughs) and whatever the journey is to get there like it's gonna be so fun and i can't wait to keep sharing it with you posh
1: me either (laughs) i I would that's that because i want to say me neither but is it me i it is neither right i can't me neither me neither yes it's in the negative form jesus (laughs) (laughs) i know what's going on (laughs) (laughs) no yes absolutely absolutely oh I love you so much thank you so much I love you thanks for this Um, but we'll chat soon yeah we will we don't have a quote for today
0: you know what I we don't but I will post something um when we post I'll post a quote for this that will fit
1: okay we can just be like dear best everyone (laughs) (laughs) yes (laughs) oh okay thanks so much Thanks, Borsh. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. You can follow us on Instagram at assumeitwillbebrilliantpod. And if you have any queries, questions, or comments, please email us
0: at assumeitwillbebrilliant at gmail.com.
1: And remember, step out into the unknown, assuming it will be brilliant.
0: If you want to support the show and help other people find us, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts.